Welcome to the F3 Future of Freight Festival. Today, we are talking all things, the impact of autonomous trucks on the supply chain. We have Frank Mabry, the Senior Freight Analyst here at Torque. Welcome, Frank. I'm glad to be here. How are you enjoying your conference so far today? Wonderful conference. It yeah. really is. I enjoyed the one in Arkansas and this one just as well. So it's yeah. wonderful. Little uh, little cooler this time. Not quite as sweaty as Arkansas. This is true. <laughs> Much bigger space. Um, so I have this crazy theory. We're going to get into a crazy theory before we get into the meat of everything. That the future of autonomous trucks, um, my crazy harebrained theory is that uh, trucks, like there will be a human driver component that kind of does the city route, takes the truck 20 miles outside. And then there's an autonomous long haul that takes it where it needs to be at a drop point 20 miles away. And then another driver takes it and delivers it where it needs to be in the city. Um, do you think that's a realistic future for our autonomous trucks? Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. We think that's the quickest way to commercialization. And it's also the quickest way for you know, a lot of companies used to you know, 20 years ago, you wanted the long haul. Now for driver retention, you want to keep your drivers close to home so they'd be home at night. So why not let the autonomous truck do the heavy lifting on the, the, the middle mile? That was kind of what I was thinking, because like everywhere you go, like for like the last 10 years, everyone's been like, oh, we have a driver shortage or it's hard to can't maintain drivers. Um, you know, stuff like endless list of things and drivers are always complaining that there's not like they never know when they're going to be home. They'll be gone for maybe what they thought was two days at a time. And suddenly it's two weeks. Um, it's kind of hard to plan their life around it. So that's why I was like, well, it's also a lot easier to have an autonomous truck just drive on a highway and keep driving on a highway. It's, they don't have to account for pedestrians and city streets and city traffic. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, one clarification, a lot of people keep thinking, say, oh, well, you know, surfer streets and all that. Our trucks do surfer streets just fine. It's not a problem. However, for autonomous vehicle, everything has to be mapped out. It has to know what its mission is, where it's going. Every road has to be mapped. And hey, there's a lot of roads in the United States. <laughs> so, if, you, if you're out for our business model is, you know, we're an independent subsidiary of Daimler Trucks. So we're in a, we're, our core competency is building the software, building the trucks. We want to sell them to a trucking company, their core competency. They know how to run freight. So we want, you're not going to see a, a torque trucking company that's out there. Uh, like I said, we want to stick to our core competency and then help them mold and, and collaborate with their different departments to build their freight network. So on your synopsis right there, what if you're a, a trucking company, you're based in Dallas and you've got a customer that keeps bugging you to take this, these loads to California? Well, you don't want to send your drivers to California. Well, all of a sudden autonomous vehicles gives you another mode to service your customers. It really does. It's kind of like a, you know, kind of like a not a full commitment of like, oh, my driver's going to be gone for a long time. It's just like a, this is another option. It's not I don't see it as something that's like replacing drivers. It's a it's a added feature and added benefit. Absolutely not. If you want to be a truck driver and you want to retire as a truck driver, go for it. It's always going to be there. You're not going to see it take over anything like that in our lifetime. No, probably any lifetime. Uh, now the networks are going to grow. Well, you know, after commercialization, I mean, one of what I, one of the things that I do 
is we're always looking not only for phase one where you put the first trucks, but what's going to be phase two? What's going to be phase three? How can we expand the best and offer the services out there to cover more ground, cover more freight? So that kind of leads me into our next question. We've seen more and more companies have successful autonomous runs. Like they are able to do it like with the police department following them, or there's a supervisor vehicle as more and more companies complete these successful autonomous runs and show that, yeah, this technology is good. It's safe. Everyone's fine. The freight gets delivered in one piece, just like it would normally. What are some of those next steps that we as like an industry can look for and keep an eye on? Because I mean, there's still the whole problem of legislation and how to kind of, you know, check the trucks, but what kind of, uh, what kind of steps can we expect next to kind of see? Well, that's just it. Hopefully the police won't be following us everywhere, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, the next steps are going to be, there's, there's still a lot to do. Technology is still evolving and you won't see an autonomous vehicle uh, go commercial until it's safe. I mean, at least not from torque when it's safe, <laughs> hopefully not from anyone. If when, we're being honest, when it's safe for your family, my family, for everybody to be beside that truck, be on the road uh, with, with no human interaction whatsoever. That's when you'll see that. So for us right now, we're trying to get our name out there a little bit. You know, we've had our head down perfecting the technology, perfecting the, you know, working with Daimler and designing the truck from the chassis up so that it is specifically designed for autonomous trucking. So kind of like that whole, you got to walk, crawl before you can walk kind of thing. You guys are really setting the good foundation that you can then build on. Absolutely. Because uh, you can go in and, you know, if you, if you buy a car and you pull it off the dealership floor and you drive it down to Best Buy and go put all these stereo, all the best stereo stuff in. Okay. Well, that's one thing. For us, if you buy a torque-powered Freightliner Cascadia, when it comes out of the manufacturing plant off their line, hook a trailer to it and pull a load. It's ready to go. And everything on that chassis is designed specifically. Everything is redundant. If one system fails, another system takes over. Oh, I like that. It's actually going to be a 48-volt chassis instead of 24-volt. All the braking systems are going to be European style, so you can apply brakes at whatever uh, pressure you want on whatever axle you want. Uh, and if something fails, again, something else takes over. Uh, it'll be directly tied into the ECM module, directly tied into the transmission, the Jake brake, the engine. Everything is redundant. So basically, you guys are like the fully loaded, sweet CD deck. Fully loaded, it, right off the right it, off the line. It comes right off the line. It's ready to rock and roll. Now, one of the things that we do on the strategy team at Torque is we look at everything from every angle that we can possibly look at. So we understand the trucking company; that's their core competency. However, this is new technology. So what we'll do is we're trying to have ideas and not only just how you could do how you build your hub, but if you want. A, a gravel lot and a little trailer on the side. Okay, this is how much it would cost you. This is what we would suggest. Here's how you, you know, receive and launch the vehicles. But if you want the most modern hub that men can buy, okay, here are all the components. 
know. we'll happily sell you the fully loaded package. But if you want the base model, we've got that too. Well, not us. We're just selling the trucks, but we'll help you source the components. And, you know, if you want, uh, you know, Bluetooth technology, RFID, if you want autonomous yard trucks, uh, you know, there's, there's companies out there to provide that. And we're trying to be able to lead our customers and help them be successful and integrate autonomous trucks into their company. So this kind of touches on something I was going to bring up next. Uh, why is it that the future of autonomous trucks and everything like that in the supply chain, why is that so dependent on companies working together? Kind of like you said, like you guys are just a part of the solution. So why is it so much more in autonomous versus a standard drive in or a reefer unit? Like why is autonomous so much more reliant on people working collaboratively? Because it's, it's really a new mode of transportation. It's going to be, and we're very cognizant of to go commercial and really scale to the level that, uh, that we want to scale with is, you know, it, it's going to be more expensive. You're going to have, you know, upfront, it'll be more expensive, but the truck will last longer. Uh, we're thinking maintenance is going to be a whole lot less because it drives more consistent. You're not going to have uh, a human slamming on brakes or, or, oh my God, that truck in front of me is going 64. I want to go 65. So I've got to, you know, get around it. Uh, you're not going to have the road rage. So your maintenance costs will be lower. And, uh, you won't every, have someone riding their brakes down a mountain constantly. You won't, <laughs> you won't have that. Is when the truck gets, it already knows exactly what it's going to do. So before it gets there, it's in the gear that it's supposed to be in. It's in the Jake brake setting it's supposed to be in. And it's a whole lot smoother. So again, your maintenance is going to be lower, but that upfront cost is going to be a little bit higher. So it's kind of like a short-term sacrifice, long-term gain situation. Absolutely. You, you've got to have that vision for the long-term because your truck's going to last longer. You know, it, that's changing a little bit now with, with sourcing materials. Trucking companies are, are, are making plans to keep their trucks a little longer, but even at 350 to say 500,000 miles, that's one thing. We're really planning to say you can use this autonomous vehicle for 750,000 to a million miles. That is, so that really kind of makes, justifies the up, higher upfront costs. Like if I can keep this longer, I can get more use out of it. I know I'm not going to have to put it in a shop as often. I know that like I have kind of like a rough estimate of when I know I'm going to need to service my trucks, give or take a, a issue here and there. Um, but that's just kind of like a, it's almost like a, oh, I can plan for this. I can plan for the unexpected. And if you sell it on the aftermarket, there won't be anywhere in terror on the sleeper unit or <laughs> <laughs> So how do you see future supply chains evolving with more autonomous? Like you kind of touched on it a little bit, like increased network sizes. Um, but like, what do you kind of see as like the next step forward for supply chains? Because we're not too full autonomous yet. So what's like the next steps for the future for the future? So right now for us, I mean, our trucks are, are full level four autonomous. So we're going to keep our heads down. We're going to keep doing the things that we're doing now, perfecting the technology. Uh, you will see us come out and do some trials some freight runs with different customers just so that they can see, okay, this is how we might integrate this into our company. This is how we might think of doing what, you know, using the technology, because that collaboration that you just touched on is, okay, 
companies have switched gears and now they're trying to do more of the hub and spoke and keep their their drivers at home. So now they've got to think outside the box again and go, oh, I've got the technology. I can do these long hauls again. And that's going to take time to, to, to bring that mentality around and start thinking about how we're going to do that. I mean, long haul load volumes are consistently the ones rejected at the highest rate because, I mean, it's more than 800 miles. And that's a long time. That's at least like three days of driving. Well, with a driver. With, with, with a, a driver. With an autonomous vehicle. Think about this. You have you know, a local dredge guy brings it in to, we'll just say Phoenix, drops it off at the autonomous yard, and they'd have, he's in Memphis. That's amazing. He that didn't. would cut down your transit times, keep your shippers running. Like, I, I'm, I'm here for that model. So, absolutely. Doesn't have to stop for restroom breaks or dinner breaks or I got to call the family. It knows its mission. Doesn't have to follow it, hours of service. Absolutely. No 10-hour break. So it knows its mission and it goes out and does it. Doesn't have to hunt an hour or two for parking. It just keeps going. It just keeps going. And one of the, the biggest questions I get from, from uh, prospective uh, partners and customers is, well, what if you lose cell service? So I'm not calling home. It's not <laughs> calling anybody. The truck is designed to be fully uh contained in that vehicle the only reason will i mean it'll have cell service or maybe satellite service but the only reason is to tell you tell the customer oh this is when it's going to arrive right it's this just is, to continually update that yes. tracking the truck's totally contained when it's launched it knows its mission mission and knows to complete that mission and it's it's going to be programmed for everything we can possibly think of that could happen on that trip like if the truck gets a flat tire it's going to be able to notify and pull over and wait for a yes repairman and, and we actually have a software package called mission control that you would have with that, that comes with the purchase of the vehicle and you'll be able to track it it looks at the health of the ads system the, the compute stack the sensors, everything. So you're current, you're following it along its trip just to monitor and see what's going on. You know, if the police comes up behind it or, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh, and those are kind of some of the things that are still being worked out is how that's going to be handled. That is absolutely fantastic. So um, outside of this conference or here at the conference, if people want to find you, where can they find you? Well, we have a booth here. They can also look at us at, you know, on our website at torque.ai and you know, we're Twitter, uh, Facebook, <laughs> all that good stuff. Uh, absolutely reach out if you got questions. That's one of the reasons that we're doing the, the trade show circuits is to get the word out there. And this is what we're doing. Uh, we're totally integrated with Daimler trucks uh, so that we have a solution that's, I mean, it's, it's more, as solid as you can possibly get. We love to see it. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you.